0: Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Colleagues with Coffee. I'm your host, Greg Butts, and I'm a director of communications and ADNA students at a charter school here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. On our very first episode, we are being, going to be joined by New Mexico's Teacher of the Year for 2020, Mandy Torres. Uh, Mandy is just an incredible educator um, with a rich uh, background, and she also serves on various PED committees, including the Uh, Reentry Task Force, so we're very thankful that she's going to be joining us today. Uh, Other other topics that we might discuss on this show will include uh, social-emotional awareness, um, how do we reintegrate and reopen up the state, and and just various other things. So I'm very thankful that you're all joining us, and uh, this is going to be a great show, so cheers. Okay, it's recording. Mandy, we're so excited for you to, to come on this, uh, on our show here today. And uh, uh, before we get, you know, before we jump into all the other questions, uh, what, is your, what is your favorite coffee slash caffeinated beverage?
1: So I, I never drank coffee before I met my husband. Um, and I can't say that I'm like this coffee snob. If, if I tried to order some fancy skinny mocha double shot concoction, I would have no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> Um, but my coffee addiction started when I moved to the Boston area. And if you've ever been to Boston, you know, there's like a Dunkin' Donuts on every single corner. And so like there were literally with like four within walking distance from where we live. Uh, so while, I'm in Boston, while I was in Boston, I was going to full-time graduate school, working full-time in an elementary school and planning a wedding. So coffee became my necessity, and of course Dunkin' Donuts was always right there. So I'm just a regular extra extra. I have to have it sweet. I'm not. I can't do the black coffee. So a regular extra extra from Dunkin' Donuts, and that's my go-to.
0: <laughs> and what when, did you get your graduate degree in?
1: Uh, my graduate degree was in integrated elementary and special education.
0: Very cool. And speaking about Dunkin' Donuts, I have uh, some of their decaf. Uh, Hold over. I- Christmas. I go through uh, phases where I, I try to get off of um, caffeinated altogether,
1: uh, yeah.
0: moderately successful. Um, so what, uh, I saw your, I saw your mug just a little bit earlier. What is it? Oh
1: yeah, this is my awesome teacher. I guess it's backwards on the screen, but w- yeah, one of my, um, one of my students gave that to me a couple of years ago. So I always try to keep those things and use those things that my students give me.
0: Yeah, I have, um, it says, keep the tiny humans alive, which is always the goal of any educator.
1: (laughs) Right. That's the number one goal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. If you could do that, that's half, that's half the battle. Really? Yep. (laughs) What I'm currently drinking is, um, is actually tea. I was in a a tea shop that's uh, sadly closing, um, closing their doors, Hadley's tea. And so, um, I saw an egg, Vienna eggnog tea roast and I said, that's interesting. And, um, And they gave me a sample. I picked up some other teas. Uh, It tastes just like eggnog, but I think that um, that's more of a seasonal thing. It just it feels like I should be drinking that during Christmas. But that's uh, that's what I'm currently consuming. (laughs) So, Mandy, you were a third grade teacher in Placitas. Uh, Was it hard to leave the classroom?
1: It was really hard, and especially during the middle of a year. So, my sabbatical started in January, Um, and so. You know, it's hard to leave my students just knowing, you know, I was just thinking about, oh, this one needs help with this, and this one needs help with this, and then just kind of trying to help, you know, my substitute, uh, kind of, you know, get connected with them and know about them. And I just wanted to leave every little bit of information I could because, you know, those are my students and I started with them and it's hard to leave when you feel like you're not finished. Um, you know how it is at the end of the year. I I don't know. That's how I always am at the end of the year when you just feel like you didn't get to everything that you wanted to get to. But imagine like how that feels like in January. It's just like, there's so much I didn't get done. So that part was really hard to leave in the middle of the year. Um, and then just to completely switch gears, like everything changed from the last, you know, 11 years that I've been used to. Um, it, it was just this crazy change. It was good and different. Um, but definitely, the hardest part was just having to leave my students in the middle of a year.
0: And so now that you your, your toes into the waters, are are you excited to uh, return to the classroom, or are you thinking about continuing on with uh, some more of the policy uh, policy avenues?
1: Um, right now, my plan is to return, but you know, I don't know. I'm get, you know, I'm I'm getting a, a feel of a lot of different things. Um, you know I've had a lot of opportunities to sit in um, with the work that PED is doing which is important work you know and you think about it if you're doing things for the whole state you're touching a lot more students than just those students in your classroom every year so there's that field too Um, you know we get into this field because we want to make change in the world and in education Um, so that's something to consider can I do more change in a different position but I do miss the classroom Um, You know, I've had a chance to talk to a lot of different teachers from all over the country and get all these amazing ideas. So, you know, that also makes you excited to go back into the classroom and see what else you can do. What can you accomplish? What changes can you make? How can you make it better? Um, So I don't know. That's a good question. And um, it's it's just, you know, I I just kind of have to think it out a little bit more at this point.
0: Uh, so, I'm just—I'm very curious about how did how did your 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 life or your educational passions change after you became the teacher of the year? And by the way, congratulations! That was such an incredible um, honor to be to, to for that to be bestowed upon you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, and I'm really fortunate that my district is participating in it because I know a lot. So you know, not all of the districts participate. Um, so I was really very fortunate that my district decided to to take part in it um so it's been a little bit different um, because you know what i was expecting my year to look like has drastically changed um you know we started out in february um we do it's so there's two pieces there's the state piece and there's the national piece so we do some professional development nationally so we started out in february um with what they called our induction so all of the teachers of the year from all across the states and the territories came together um, we went to Google, which was really cool to be on the Google campus. Um, and so we did this, all of this amazing professional development, um, which was supposed to continue throughout the year. We were yeah. supposed to have a, um, a Washington week where we go and we meet with um, our, you know, our U.S. senators and representatives and talk education and let them hear us. Um, you know, we are supposed to go to the White House and meet the president and all these things that, you know, have been canceled. Um, you know, another uh, conference on policy got canceled. So, um, that's definitely changed, and we're missing out on some of those professional development opportunities. Um, as far as like the state, the plan was for me to, you know, go around and visit schools, talk with teachers, talk with students, talk with parents, get the feel of what's happening all over the state, um, which is awesome because you get in your own little, you know, you get in your own school community and you have your own school problems, and you know, sometimes you kind of, you know, you don't see the the state as a whole. So that was going to be really exciting. Um, of course, that's changed. Uh, I can't go out and visit people. Um, so it's really just been about working with the PED. Um, you know, I'm doing a lot of I, a lot of what I can to reach out to teachers. Um, I've given them feedback that a lot of teachers aren't getting the information um, about what's available to them, opportunities. Um, so I'm trying to do what I can to kind of change that and just kind of seeing how I can uh, fit in with some of these committees. Um, I'm working with the early literacy group with the new dyslexia screener that's coming out. Um, You know, I'm working on the task force, the re-entry task force. Um, I'm working with the strategic planning committee, which is, you know, looking long-term at PED stuff. Um, So even though it's not what I thought it was gonna be, it's still been a good opportunity for me to get a broader lens of education and what's happening and where we're going and the thought processes behind everything.
0: That's that's very cool. Thanks for sharing. Uh, I, I know that you uh, the teacher of the year. Um, they set it up a little bit differently this year, right? For the sabbatical, I don't think that that was available last year. Uh, what and you mentioned you touched about uh, upon that a little bit briefly um, that they plan for all this professional development. What were what were some other things that they uh, that that PED really really um, intentionally designed for the teacher of the year for for this year?
1: Um, so, yeah, the sabbat- this is the first year that a sabbatical was offered, and um, I have to give a shout out to Jessica Sanders, our 2019 Teacher of the Year, because she's the one who really fought for that. Um, you know, it's, it's it's really interesting because all the states are really different. Some offer a sabbatical, some don't, some get money for it. I mean, in South, I, I tell you, South Carolina has it made. They get um, a BMW. They get a bmw sponsor <laughs> right you're driving around teacher you in a bmw
0: yeah, that's what? crazy Being a teacher you're not thinking about bmw salary
1: exactly what t- uh, yeah there's probably not too many teachers <laughs> around in BMWs. anyway there are a few i'm not one of them but um yeah so it just varies from state you know some of them get quite a bit of money as you know and some of them, it's very, very competitive. Um, just like crazy, the stuff that they have to go through with interviews and speeches. Um, and ours is, isn't, you know, quite that, quite that much. But you um, know, it, it still means a lot. Um, oh my gosh, I just got off my. Que- what was your question again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that was that was that was brilliant.
1: BMW threw me off.
0: <laughs> the BMW. That's right. Um, I I've not met Jessica Sanders. We've I've interacted with her several times digitally. Um, I believe through Twitter and through um, well I want to say different chats but um, yeah that's that's awesome that that uh, the fruit of of the people that have come before you know that's a foundation and that's that's really I think the basis of education you stand upon the, the backs of, of of the previous generation that's that's really what, what it, it's what it's about I mean I think that we can all look back and, and say this person inspired me. This person, because of the work that they put in, education is now taking that direction. So that's that's really incredible, incredible to hear. Um, yeah, I think you answered that very well. Uh, the The second part of that question really was, or a follow up to that is, since COVID nineteen, I know that your role has changed. And I believe that you're working closely with the family division or maybe the uh, community outreach division of PED. Could you describe some of that and um, and, and greater clarity?
1: Yeah, so and I I also want to give a shout out to the New Mexico Oil and Gas Association because they're sponsoring my sabbatical. Um, So they basically are reimbursing my district, um, my salary. I'm still getting my normal salary, but it's sponsored by... Namoga, So a big shout out to them um, and the contributions that they're making to education. Um, so yeah, so I under the community and family engagement branch of PED, um, which I'm going to, I'm going to give them um, some their respect here. So the leader is Katie Avery, and then um, also you have Zach Chavez, who is the civic coordinator and the Rebecca Jones, who's a project manager. Um, so I'm working very closely with them. And a lot of it, um, is I try to give them feedback um, on how to better help communicate, you know, what do teachers need? Um, How are we gonna get this, all this great stuff that PED is doing out there? How are teachers gonna find out about it? Um, You know, so I've started this monthly all teacher email and hopefully hopefully your teachers have seen it. Uh, We know by the stats that not all of our teachers are opening, unfortunately, but there's all this amazing opportunities for PED, opportunities to engage with the PED, um, and get on some of these you know committees and things. Um, so all of that's really important. So it's really a lot about um, communication and trying to keep teachers informed. Um, and then, of course, my podcast that I started, which we will be featuring you this week. Um, Thank but, you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also really about lifting teachers up right now, because our teachers are just going through a lot, uh, mentally, physically, I mean everything, uh, you know changing their practices. Um, and I know it's been really tough, uh, even on the best, you know, with the best teachers. I've talked to, you know, some of the best teachers that I know, and they were, they were struggling. Um, maybe not with, you know, the content, but with everything else. And so at this point, I've really been trying to find ways to how can we lift our teachers up. So I wanted to start the podcast to kind of highlight, you know, the work that our teachers are doing um, and to try to create a, a better connected community. Um, because I feel like a lot, because our state is so large, just an area, um, you know, I know a lot of the rural teachers feel kind of like they kind of get left out of things, Um, and so I wanted to create some sort of space for teachers to come together and listen to each other, listen to ideas, get ideas, share practices, and just learn about each other, because I think we're all going to be better off if we see this more as a collaborative community, rather than, you know, like, oh, the North Gets all the attention, and that we, you know, we here in the South are just kind of left to ourselves. Uh, I think we have to kind of get past that thinking, and really find ways to connect with each other because that's just going to benefit all of our students.
0: Well, oh, that, that that's that's amazing, and I think that your 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 driving passion behind that is 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 really just just incredible. I I haven't met Katie Avery, but I I I know Zach. Uh, we 've interacted in the um, secretary teacher advisory um, council meetings uh he he's just an awesome positive person and i just have a tremendous amount of respect for that for that division and so that 's really really incredible that um the the engagement pieces that are are it's it was put in place by um you know a few years ago but it 's really starting to kind of come full steam and uh hopefully that we can continue on with that that um that progress there so thank you for being a part of all those things uh, I pulled up an article uh, from 2019 in November and and you talked about um, um, some of the shortfalls of funding supplies and scrutiny that uh, you know teachers face you know and that there's there we know as educators we know some of those some of those difficulties and um, it was it was kind of a a little bit of a mournful reality, but uh, you said you know we meaning the teachers are are often the scapegoats for that what is wrong with education. And so I know that your passion is to uplift and empower educators through the um, interruption instruction interruption podcasts. What are their passions um, and what other strategies would you like to see enacted in the state? to to uplift our profession, especially those that are kind of on the um, the front lines and, and bearing the brunt and the weight of needing to change our, in, our methodologies, our instructional strategies in COVID. How, what, other, what other words of empowerment advice would you kind of hope hope to see come to fruition here?
1: I think you kind of have to look at it from two different perspectives. So first from the teacher perspective is it we've – we've heard so long that, you know, the teachers are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And there's kind of this us versus them kind of mentality, as far as um, whether it's teachers versus parents and community or teachers versus, you know, what's happening at the state level. So I think first as teachers, we have to realize that teaching is a profession where you have to continue to grow because society continues to grow. Our children continue to change and we can't do the same things that we've always done. We have to be open to new things and new change, right? And this pandemic has just like brought this like, right, it's right there in front of us. Like we have to, you know, we have to adopt technology. We have to start fighting for these inequities that are happening. And so as teachers, we have to look at it from, you know, we've got to be open-minded. We've got to be willing to grow and we've got to be willing to, to embrace our weaknesses. Because, you know, we can't, we're not good at everything. We can always be better at something. And so we've really got to be reflective in our practice and say, hey, you know, this isn't working. You know, I've got to be honest with myself. How am I going to change this? What can I do better? And collaborate with each other. Um, You know, a lot of times teachers just kind of go into their classrooms and, and, you know, the world gets shut out. Um, I think we've got to have better collaboration between our teachers. Um, And then the second part is, we, you know, with policy and funding, we've got to be supported, you know, our teacher, we got, we've got to take a, a look at our teacher prep programs and say, you know, what's happening here. We've, you know, we've gone for decades where we have these stagnant test scores that have not gone up. We haven't been making progress. So what is the problem? Um, you know, we're putting money, money toward funding now. Um, and so hopefully we're going to start seeing, you know, the fruits of that come about within the next few years. Um, but we've, we, we have to look at everything from the teacher prep programs to even how we're treating teachers at certain levels. Um, you know, I think a lot of time we just, like I said, we're the scapegoats and we, and we say, oh, well, the teachers don't know and they're not doing this and they're not doing that. But that's not necessarily our failures. In some instances, it may be, but that's a failure of a system to prepare us to provide the funding so that we can get the professional development that we need and want that's targeted to our own individual needs. You know, we talk about differentiation and individual learning for our kids. Well, our teachers need that too. Um, So, um, you know, we've got to just tackle it from all different directions. And we all just have to be honest and reflective and have open civil conversations about it and not be kind of pointing the finger at anybody.
0: Uh, Mandy that's I mean you, you eloquently stated that I i, I believe the same thing um, yeah there's we, we do need to be honest about you know the data and the scores absolutely but we also need to be honest and mindful about you know who's in the middle of all of that and it's it's teachers right and are we supporting are we equipping are we encouraging collaboration and those those are those are really important things and I when I think about education Education and innovation don't i mean they are they can be synonymous but they're they're often too often in within systemized um, k through 12 education we don't think of innovate you, that that's not a synonym uh, when, when we think about these systems i I've, I've been forced largely to think about innovative concepts within my um, MBA educational leadership degree that I'm uh, through the Anderson School of, of Management to give them mat, mat props for for bringing some of these, some of these different systems and new ways of thinking into the mix, and I think that that's that's pretty that's pretty essential. I, I look at a lot of the the leaders across the state, and and uh, the amount of degrees that they have because of that continuous learning is is is, is overwhelming almost at times. But uh, I think that there needs to be a way to support ed, uh, educators, um, maybe even financially, as they are, as they need to adopt some of these new systems, and that's. Those are probably conversations that are, that are going to take place in the upcoming, in the upcoming years. Um, I, you, in a previous question, you, you mentioned some of the task forces, uh, task forces that you're on, including the reopening of schools. We're all dying to know. Where can we get information about reopening? How can we contribute to the conversation? Are we reopening? And I know you have to be very <laughs> um, political in your answer, but what, what, what can you tell us?
1: Well, so guidance will be coming. So, you know, we have this group we're meeting, you know, we meet every Wednesday for a couple of hours and, you know, we're really working in smaller groups so that we can really get our points across and hear and, and you know, share our voices. And so guidance will be coming. Um, we're scheduled, our last meeting is scheduled to end June 10th. So shortly after that, I don't know, you know, what their, what the plan is to do with the feedback that they get from us in the discussions. Um, I am not in on that part of it. Um, so I don't know what's coming after that, but I do know that our work ends June 10th, um, and we have a really great field of people who are working together and who are working together respectfully. Um, and I'm telling you, we are considering every single angle. You know, we have kind of five big areas that we're looking at, and you know, a thousand details under each one. Um, and so I think the leadership um, to look at those things has has been there. Um, you know, we're talking with the health department; we're getting information from them. Um, and so it, you know it's not going to be an easy decision, and a lot of the work that we're doing is also just questions. Um, you know they give us some questions to talk about, and then we have more questions um, and how do we get those answered? you know we're trying our best you know to talk those out with us, but um, you know some of that stuff has to come from the Department of health um, but it, it, it's been a really great experience. Um, I know some people were upset about you know. Who is on the task force? Of course, you're not going to please everybody, um, but I do really think that we have a good group of people who are working together um, and really pouring their hearts into this work. Um, and you know, we and there's even a question this week: Will this continue? Will this task force continue after we choose if we're going to reopen or not? Just to kind of monitor and see how things are going. Um, you know, so we are considering everybody. We're considering every aspect, um, and that's about what I can share with you. <laughs> Um, but rest assured, the people who are on there, um, you know, they're they're making their best recommendations, and and all voices and perspectives are being heard.
0: That's awesome. awesome. I, I got the uh, the information um, for you know that that task force. Um, uh, Hope Morales, who runs uh, Teach Plus, she she shared out the um, the the those that are on it, and so that's how I that's how I first came across it. And I I looked and I, I you know saw the different cities, but you know I did I did see people in the different quadrants of the state, you know, and we can't necessarily get a person from each, each city or each district, that, that, that becomes overwhelming. But I, I was impressed by the attempt to get different key, uh, key stakeholders from the different regions. So I think that that's, that's probably important. And that goes back to what you were saying about, um, you know, we, we, we don't, we, even though the perception may be there, we certainly don't want there to be a north-south divide here in New Mexico in terms of funding and attention and things like that. That's, you know it goes without saying, but it, it's said anyway, you know, like different. Yeah.
1: Types. And, and I, you know, I think people have to realize that the group couldn't be so huge if it got too big, we just couldn't get down, um, you know, to what we needed to do and not all voices would be heard. So I, and I feel like there's a good representation, um, you know, from, from all viewpoints from charter schools to large public schools to small public schools to parents um, to you know people who advocate for uh, special needs, I, I, I think we really have a good group, so um, yeah I, you, you just can't be too larger. it just becomes too much work and and um, too too many too many vo- does that make sense, too many voices yeah, I don't yeah, know you can have too many voices, but um, um yeah, so I, I really I'm really am happy um, with what the work that we're doing. Um, and I think we're we are considering every possible scenario and situation and, and making sure that everybody's taken care of.
0: That's awesome. So let's say you have some different ideas or suggestions or things that you're like, has this been considered? Um, should, should we reach out to you or somebody else that's on the task force, um, uh, just ask clarifications or how, how, does, how does that side of it um, get, get, get handled?
1: Yeah. So, you know, Dr. Stewart has asked us to go out into the communities and, you know, talk with, the, you know, talk with everybody and get it, bring as much feedback as we can back. And so, um, you know, my social media channels, I put my email up there and I said, hey, if you, if you need to get something off your chest, if you have an idea, if you have a suggestion, I want to hear it. And I've had a few people, I, I, I honestly was hoping that I would get more responses um, and more engagement, but the people who have reached out to me have been very thoughtful in their suggestions and their words and their concerns and I really really appreciate that Um, parents teachers and so you know now's your chance you know we you know we're meeting for you know a couple more weeks I want to hear from you um I know uh Senator Bill Soles down in Las Cruces on his social media you know he said email me you know reach out we want to hear from you um and I've um you know I've tried to reach out to teachers Um, I'm going to be working with a a group next week of teachers you know we're going to have a zoom um, with all of our former um, New Mexico teachers of the year you know who are across the state Um, and we may be having some other people in there too so I'm you know I'm trying to facilitate that so some work with other teachers Um, but everybody on there you know reach out If, if you see someone and you can go to the ped website to the press releases Uh, And in that press release, there is one about the task force. So people can go there if they they don't, if they haven't had access to that list yet. But reach out to those people. Um, They want to hear. We want to hear what's going on. We want to hear from even students. You know, I haven't heard from any students, but I think the student voice is important too. You know, I want to hear from students. I want to hear from bus drivers and nurses and custodians um, because all of those perspectives are so important. And we need to, you know, we need to consider everything. And I think there's so many things to consider that, Somewhere out there, there's gonna be something that we haven't heard yet, right? There's gonna be some concern that maybe we haven't brought up yet. So definitely encourage your families, encourage your students, um, reach out, reach out. So my, uh, I'll put my email address, it's just newmexico.toy, teacher of the year, uh, newmexico.toy at state.nm.us, and I would love to hear from as many people as possible.
0: I'll make sure that email the description. I'll, I'll make sure that email is on the description when um, when when this when this link goes live. But that's that's actually something that I've been very impressed with uh, PED um, the leadership that's currently there, and uh, the the intent to have very authentic stakeholder meetings. Um, I've gotten to interact with several of the department leaders, uh, Secretary uh, uh, Dr. Ryan Stewart, directly, and and they I, that's something I know that is a passion of PED is to to hear the diverse viewpoints, collect all these ideas, and then try to act upon them. So that's that's something I've been very very impressed with, and, and including some of these teacher empowerment platforms that were put in place by previous administrations. That is something that. PED has been working and building on uh, to 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 build these systems where they're heard. It's not perfect yet, but that's that's it's a process, right? Uh, so we have we have um, a final two questions. Uh, what are your hopes for education in this upcoming year? And it's loaded. Answer it however you want to. How do you, how do you hope, what do you hope happens, and what do you hope could happen?
1: well you know it kind of all depends you know if we're going to be in a hybrid model if we're going to be in some kind of flex scheduling you know but my hope is that we just make sure that our kids are okay first um and our teachers right that and and, well all of us you know in general our parents that we're checking in with each other um but you know this has been quite an experience for our students you know i have a kindergartner at home and um, you know she was doing pretty well. She was liking doing the online learning Um, but you know we went to we had a little parade for her kindergarten graduation and we came back home and she just fell apart like all of her anxieties and was it was a really rough night. You know she she was sad that she didn't get to say bye to her classmates or her teacher and she wasn't ready to leave kindergarten. She didn't want to leave kindergarten. She was worried about what it was going to be like for first grade. And I think a lot of parents are going through that and our kids are going through that. And so, you know, that first piece in whatever way that we come back, we have to make sure that the kids are getting the, you know, emotional help that they need to get through this because, um, you know, our younger ones may not fully understand. Um, you know, my daughter's always asking questions and I try to answer them the best as I can to not instill fear in her, you know, but she knows there's people getting sick and, um, but that has to be our definitely our first priority is making sure our kiddos are okay. Um, you know, making sure our teachers are okay. And then figuring out um, best practices moving forward. Um, you know, if we're gonna be online, we've got to get teachers trained. Um, you know, some teachers did really well because they've already been doing this, and some teachers really struggled. Um, and we've gotta make sure that our teachers are feeling good about what they're doing and that they're, you know, they can that their teaching practices and the things that they're amazing at can still come through with online learning. Um, because even if we do come back, you know, there's that, you know, we keep hearing, there's going to be a second wave or if there happens to be an outbreak and we're going to have to close, you know, we've got to have, you know, all these contingency plans in place and we've got to be ready um, with those um, online learning skills. Um, you know, PD is, ED is also looking at adopting some, um, it's the national national oh what is it national quality online standards um you know giving some you know schools and districts some guidance about you know what we should be focusing online and what that should look like um you know you know the etiquette of online and, and, and resources and so it just really depends on what it's going to look like but um whatever it is we've got to embrace it um Whatever it looks like, we have to embrace it, and um, it's gonna—you know—that's gonna start with teachers. We've got to make our kids feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, and we've got to put in the work. We've got it. We've got to make it work the best that we can.
0: Wow. You know, you you raise such a such a point. You know, and it's you know, we're teachers are are here, and and it's it's not being dumped on us, but I mean, they, there's there's no intent to dump, but that's kind of how it, it it has felt. For, for some, right, and and this was not something that you know we all signed up for. We nobody could have predicted this was going to happen. Yeah, but uh, we we really need to look out for one another and support one another. I think it really raises the it raises the bar for what what management is supposed to look like for the middle managers, what what leadership looks like within the school and district leadership, and. Um, you know you get this you image it's not it's not a it's not a top down it's more of a ladder up right where we, we need to be extending the ladder to to the platforms right <laughs> it's a ladder platforms you're you're extending the ladder to get people up to the platforms that they need to get to and that's that's really that's that's really important um as you were saying that it reminds me of um a, a mr rogers quote you know in times of crisis is you know what do we do and he says always look for the helpers and so the helpers have been, you know, the medical officials, the doctors and nurses and the essential workers, but the helpers have also been teachers and educators that have been now in, in our conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago, the social emotional awareness, right? We've been, we've been now the first line of defense for, for the communities in a way that has never happened before. And it makes me think, you know, how, what, how are teachers, how are their social, emotional wellness being cared for as well? So my, my final question to you is how are you taking care of yourself? You know, what are, what are the things that you're doing to to uplift your own self and, and even unplug at times?
1: That's hard because I'm definitely one of those teachers who didn't, <laughs> who didn't take care of herself as much as I should have. Right. It was always about, you know, my job and my own kids and, um, you know that balancing act is really really hard um, and I'm gonna be honest like it's this has not been easy for me Like I have days where I'm just not motivated um, But you know, I I'm doing a lot of work, you know, my schedule is pretty um, Is pretty packed and I, I'm not one of those teachers who's gonna get the summer off right? because I'm doing all this work for PED, which is yeah. awesome. I love it. and I wouldn't trade it for the world um so I, I try to get up in the mornings and run in the, uh, in the morning. Um, I try to get in like three to four miles. I'm not like super runner, but I try to. Sometimes it's hard to get up. Some days it's hard. I also have a three-year-old who also gets up in the middle of the night. So sometimes that, <laughs> sometimes I'm too tired to get out of bed. But really... Running at three <laughs> in the morning just trying to... Get <laughs> there you go. Um, so that's, like the, that's the biggest thing that I do, I think, is... Um, is you know trying to exercise and um, also just watch um, some documentaries. Um, I'm a big documentary person, um, so kind of catching up on those sorts of things. And because um, I you know I always want to be learning. I can't. I, I'm not. It's once in a while, I'll sit and watch you know some kind of trashy TV. <laughs> most of the time, I'm like I gotta learn something. Uh, I only have so much time here. Um, so those are probably the that's probably the most of it and a little bit of gardening. I, I I don't profess to have a green thumb at all. Um, some of my flowers are dying and I'm not sure why. So <laughs> um, but also just spending time outside um, and we go for walks every day with my daughters too. So, um, so just kind of, yeah, unplugging and not being in front of the computer all day long. That's that's important too.
0: That's incredible. <laughs> um, Mandy, uh, thanks so much for, um, being willing to be on the show and just share your heart, your passion, uh, some of the strategies that you've, you've discussed. I think this is incredible. And, um, and to all the the viewers, I think we have two su- subscribers, but you know, as, as this, as this goes out, there'll be, there'll be <laughs> stakeholders <that are> now <laughs> included in all of this, but uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And, and for um, your, your vision to, to bring educators together, your connectivity, I think it's, 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 um, it's, It's it's a blessing, really, and I've I've been. Though we haven't met physically, you know, but I I think that uh, I've really benefited from from hearing your passions and your and your educational focuses. So thanks.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, and um, yeah, invite me back anytime. I'd love to. Um, Yeah, and hello, Cottonwood Classical. I hope I hope you're all doing well and hanging in there, parents, students, Um, and get ready because you know enjoy your summer but you know when we come back we've, we've got to hit the ground running no matter no matter what situation we're in so
0: absolutely if we get back um, if we get back here um, in the swing of things right and we're, we're able to uh, be on campus or even if it's a hybrid you're more than welcome to come in here and, and do what you wanted to do visit schools right so we, we uh, extend the open door uh, we don't have any roll, uh, red carpet, but uh, whatever we do, we'll roll it out, okay? <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to get out, if I can, to as many schools, and I know you guys are doing some great things over there, so I'd be really excited to see what's uh, happening. So.
0: Well, have a wonderful day, and uh, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.